Welcome to the Two Farm Ladies Podcast. The rage, the rot, and the rainbows. This is a podcast for rad-ass people focused on farmers and their businesses. My name is Erin, owner of EB Ranch and steward to the critically endangered San Clemente Island Goats. I run my own goat milk soap business and other farm enterprises. My name's Katie. I'm the owner of LTD Farm. I raise duck eggs and I homestead my ass off. On this podcast, we share our farm life stories, rants, and raves. And And just get shit off our chests. So there. Perhaps it's you, perhaps it's not. Perhaps it's the mayor of your town. Hi, everyone. Liz has made a theme I'm making song a new theme song for, for us. our podcast. I really like it myself. Perhaps it's your cousin. Perhaps it's your friend. Perhaps it's someone else. Do, do, do. <laughs> Hello, this is Perhaps It's You. Is anyone talented musically who's listening to us and can turn that into a little... <laughs> can actually make something out of it. <laughs> uh, this is an unofficial Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast. Oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. I'm Samantha. I'm Liz. This is so unofficial. It's the unofficialist. The most unofficial podcast that was ever podcasted. Yes. Hello. I hope someone from Belgium is listening today because we have a very special Belgium mystery. A very special Belgium mystery. So there's that. Do you have any updates? I got jack shit. Okay. I have one update. Okay. Which is that I made a new Patreon tier. Oh, that's a very important update. I've totally forgotten already. It's called the Lenny Briscoe Fan Club. That might be slightly confusing if you haven't been listening to this fa- this podcast for a while, because Lenny Briscoe is my dog. Yes. And you might have thought I met the iconic detective on Law & Order, played by Jerry Orbach, but no. I actually made my dog. <laughs> so if you would like to support the dogs here at Perhaps It's You, there are four pod dogs. Mm-hmm. You can sign up at the Lenny Briscoe fan club level. Oh, my God. That was a tongue twister. Just throw me out in the garbage. (laughs) The Lenny Briscoe fan club level. It's $2. You'll get a picture of my dog, and you'll support the pod dogs, and you'll get the bonus episode, too, every month. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're going to be an official member of the Lenny Briscoe fan club. (laughs) Lenny Briscoe, the dog. The dog. And I asked if people would be interested in this, and a bunch of people said yes, and then literally only friend of the pod Arden signed up for it. (laughs) But I already ordered the photos, so someone else sign up, because it's a pretty cool tier. It's new. It's a whole $2 a month. You might be able to swing it. I mean, maybe not. Maybe budget's tight. That's fine. But if you got an extra $2 lying around, Mm -hmm. give it to us. What what better thing are you going to do with it? I think it's a heck of a bargain, honestly. Yeah. So you're getting a lot for your money. You really do. And we've put out 20 bonus episodes now, and you get instant access to all of those episodes. Yeah. See, that's a great deal. That's a great use of $2. Mm-hmm. And we're still putting them out every, once a month. We put out an extra episode Somehow on Patreon. Somehow we managed to come up with an extra thing to babble about. This past month just ended. We did The X-Files, finally. That episode came out last week. Yeah. It was the pilot episode of The X-Files. We got to talk about some missing time. Liz has a wealth of knowledge about The X-Files. I scared Samantha a little bit, geeking out on some factoids that have been stored in my brain for the past 20-some years. Just came spilling back out. You were well prepared for that There was even more. There was even more that I wanted to say, and I had to to go, Liz, stop. (laughs) No one cares. Well, you'll just have to start your second X-Files podcast. Your solo project. No, I don't I don't think I'm gonna do that. I think I'm gonna just focus on these mysteries and solving them. Sounds good. 
I survived a trip to the Minnesota State Fair. Yeah, did yesterday. you see the little brown bird or the ghost pig? The phantom no, pig. I didn't even go in the swine barn, honestly, so I didn't see the phantom it's pig. It's the stinkiest place in the fairgrounds. Um, I just didn't I just didn't make it. And I did pass the old mill and I will say that I didn't really see any birds at the fair. I was keeping an eye out, so maybe it is quite unusual to see a little brown bird. I was thinking that was the dumbest ghost story ever. Saw a bird outside. I would think there'd be birds everywhere eating those crumbs that people are yeah, dropping. It's and- pretty much just a, a path of smashed cookies from Sweet Martha's everywhere you go. <laughs> Just a trail of cookies people have stepped on. It's a should be a bird's paradise. Maybe there's just too many people, so the yeah. birds don't hang out. I didn't really see any birds, so maybe that is more notable than I thought. Interesting. Um, I was telling people about the little brown bird because I wanted to like spread awareness. You know, <laughs> there's, did you know there's a there's a ghost and it manifests? Did you as know a that Minnesota outside. has the most wholesome ghost stories you've ever heard? <laughs> like such as I saw a pig in the swine barn. And then I looked back and the pig wasn't there. My drain was clogged. My drain was clogged. A ghost. And then I went on a trip to New Orleans and they would be like, 40 people were brutally massacred here in what was described as a human salad. And I was like, oh, that's a little different. (laughs) Slight, slight geographical. Different tone. Tone, yeah. For sure. A little bit of a shift. I feel like I know the answer to this, but for our listeners, what was your, what's your favorite part of the Minnesota State Fair? Oh my God. So my brother came from Illinois to see the Minnesota State Fair because he had never seen it. And it is, it's something, though it is very large and very crowded and it, it takes a lot out of me. My life force is low, but he had to come and see the seed art. I the think the crop art is my favorite part. The, of the most fair. spectacular, like I don't know if you describe it as kitschy. It's literally art made out of seeds, folks. Seeds and grains, but onions. The skin. masterpieces people come up with. You cannot blow if you're, me away. If you're just getting this stamp for the first time, you are not picturing the majesty that people get from finding slightly different colored grains of millet <laughs> to shade in a portrait. Like they are spectacular. And the theme this year was music. And people really oh, outdid themselves. Okay. That's why there were so many yeah, musicians yeah. depicted in seeds this year. It was not a coincidence. Interesting. There was definitely a Lizzo portrait. Mm-hmm. Shout out to local hero Lizzo. Amazing. Yes. There were some really, really good ones. I feel like each year the stakes are a little bit higher. Oh, for sure. For the seed art. And they've separated it into two lines, like a fast line and a slow line. The Stallone line is closer, so you can like really get in there, take a good look. Obviously, I did the slow line. Well, you really... want to, yeah, take in all the details. I needed to, to snap some pics. I needed to really go, oh, what? What kind of green is that? Oh, yeah. Great choice. Each, each, each artwork also has a little card that like says what grains they used in it, mm-hmm. which is super cute. So you could, I don't know, try to replicate them yourself at I could, home. I could never. I'm, I think I'm going to try, though. I know that it's just going to look like a bunch of corn, like glued to a piece of cardboard, and it's going to look like crap. If I tried to make seed art, it would look like a child's art project. Yeah, well, you which is probably there. what you're imagining if you're thinking about... No, they're so it, good, though. They're works of art. They're so amazing. And the different, yeah, tones of color and the shading. It's really the shading that people achieve. That's just like, who knew you could do that with with barley? With seeds. No one. This year, I finally found where the quilts are. I had been assuming they were in the 4-H area, which that's specific to 4-H. Yeah. They're probably in the creative activities. There's a whole creative activities building. Yeah. I didn't know this. I don't know how I missed it. So I got to see all the quilts and crochet canoes and 
Thing, postcard collections. Things people people make. What? How do you spend your winter months, Minnesotans? What have you been toiling on? And people show up. Oh, I made an entire fucking canoe. <laughs> like, whoa. Amazing. It's impressive. People have made well, some really impressive with. shit. It was very good. Yeah. And I heard a rumor that you will be entering next year. I was going to enter a cross-stitch project in the state fair, and I just never got my shit together. So my goal for the winter is to put something together to enter. I think that would be amazing. And yeah, we'll see if I, I I feel like I've been meaning to do this for a couple years now and I just never quite get, get myself together because you have to frame it, you know, and it's just like, yeah, I just got to submit it in time. Yeah. You got to get, yeah. Although the submission is literally just writing on a piece of blank paper, what you want. (laughs) Like it's very easy. You just have to show up. It's, it's low tech. I just never seem to get my act together, but I think I'm going to try for next year. Because, yeah, you it takes a lot to get into the fine arts building, which is where, like, all the photography and stuff is. Yeah. But it takes absolutely nothing to get into creative activities. You just show up with your the project you're entering and what class you want to enter, and they display as many of them as they can. I think I should enter, like, an unpopular category, maybe postcard collection. The, you were telling me about the postcard collection, and that sounds very niche. Someone has collected uh, postcards of laundromats from 1965 <laughs> to 1975. That's very specific. They got a ribbon. Actually, I think that's... It probably worked to find I those I hope they got the grand prize. I, they deserve it. I was it. impressed by that. Uh, I like the honey section of the agriculture. Yeah. Maybe I could make some sort of honey bread. I don't know. Ooh, that sounds lovely. Though, really, when you're looking at that, you're just like, well, I can't taste them. How do I know they're good? I know. You kind of have to take the judge's word for it. Uh, <laughs> I also got a taste of a new kind of apple. Yeah, you were telling me about this $3 apple. It's yeah, brand new. I bought a first, it's called a first kiss apple. Interesting. And, new, how, and how was it? New blend. Uh, it's a little bit like a Honeycrisp, but um, tangier. Oh, okay. Okay. So if you're eating a Honeycrisp. Honeycrisp, of Minnesota course. invention. Yeah, invented We're very proud. in Minnesota. Uh, and you're like, mm, this is a little too sweet for me. You might like a first kiss apple. Interesting. And sometimes more tart apples are better for baking. So you can't really, you can't really bake. I mean, you can bake with Honeycrisp, but it's not ideal. They said this was for either eating or baking. Nice. This is turned into the grandma cast. Hello. <laughs> we talk about cedar and crochet. I love all that shit, though. New apple. I really I li- do. I love it. We had a great time looking at all this stuff. I actually ran out of energy before I made it to the fine arts building. So uh, yep. I'll just have to assume everything there was a masterpiece. I went to the fair briefly to work at a booth and I used the bathroom in the fine arts building. That's as far as I got. Mm-mm. They have a nice bathroom, but not very many stalls. Okay. That's just a head up for everybody. Yeah, for heading out to the fair. Uh-huh. Uh, my brother stopped by this morning and gave us some water. We are drinking this very luxurious water. It's sparkling water. It's not flavored. It's from Romania. It's so good. It's called Pergola Hariti. Hariti? Uh, I have no clue how to pronounce it. The jewel of mineral waters. And he was like, oh, we, we saw that the store started carrying our favorite water from Romania. That's a real sentence. <laughs> So we had to bring you some, and I was like, okay, whatever. This isn't even flavored. And then I tasted it, and I was like, oh. It's really nice. It has such a soft bubble. The bubble is soft. I, that's the best way to describe it. It's it's. If you've ever been drinking like a Perrier, and you're like, how do people like this? It's too buzzy. This is it's the water sh- yeah, for you. Perrier has a sharp bubble. It's a very sharp bubble. This is very soft. Welcome to Water Talk. We're back. I like Perrier. I like... I, I like a lot of bubbles. You know, where my 
it's not my favorite because it can't hold a candle to, to polar. But I love the bubble, the soda water from Chipotle. Oh, out of their machine. I don't know what they do. What they do to it, but it has like more bubbles than like okay. other water. I know everybody was wondering, Liz, how do you like to drink your Perrier? Uh, I like a Perrier, uh, half Perrier, half cranberry juice. Ooh, delightful. Sounds lovely. Great for your bladder. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> this is the grandma cast. You're telling people yeah, how to drink their cranberry exactly. juice. It's like you're having a vodka tonic, but there's no vodka. Yeah. And it's lovely. This should we water is so good. Actually talk about Unsolved I Mysteries. We probably should. Hey Skippers. This is the part where we talk about the mysteries. <laughs> Hi, so welcome I, back. You know what? I like the waffle. I like the just you can shoot in the a, shit a part. little chit chat. I, I think most people like it. And if you don't, well, this is free. <laughs> this is not the podcast. Yeah, yeah really. Else. Here's your dollar back. Uh, wait, what episode are we on? Episode ten, season four, episode, episode 10. ten. Okay, so we're starting off in Belgium, which I gotta say, kind of cool. Didn't we ask Satan for an alien mystery? I think we we might have said ghost, but you know what? I'm he glad Satan delivered with this because it's something different. This is good. It's not even necessarily a specific sighting. It's more like Belgium has had a lot of UFO sightings lately. Let's talk about that. When I Googled this, it's called the Belgium UFO wave. Oh, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, it starts off with Robert Stack telling you that Brussels, Belgium, it's a very cosmopolitan place. The capital of capitals. The capital of capitals. We also got a map and we got Robert Stack telling us where in the world Belgium is because we're you know dumb what? Americans. We're dumb Americans and we don't learn geography in school. And I bet most people do not know that. So no. that was helpful information. I'm sure it was helpful to a lot of people. Thank you, Stack. Thank you for trying to improve our education system. <laughs> he does National the, hero, Robert he does, Stack. He does his part. Um, so this is multiple sightings of a similarly shaped UFO. And really hundreds of people saw this and I barely took any notes because my conclusion was just like, this is real. Yeah. I 100% believe this. It's very credible to me. The witnesses all seemed super credible. Uh, they're European, so I automatically take them more seriously than Americans, right? <laughs> Admit that you do too. And so I was just like... Am I going to say these hundred people in Belgium are lying? I'm not. No. I believe this. There's also something we'll get into it, but there's like actual hard and fast evidence yeah, on this, which I feel like a lot of these paranormal sightings don't really have. They're just eyewitnesses. This is like evidence. Here's what I was wondering after watching this. Mis- I rewatched this this morning to make sure I was sharp, which I'm sure I'm not because I'm very tired. <laughs> but what I was wondering is, so... Robert Stack is like, oh, this is a first. This is recorded with full cooperation from Belgian Air Force and law enforcement. Unlike in the U.S., where the U.S. is always trying to deny the existence of UFOs. But now they've slowly admitted that they're real. And then I was like, why? Why was the U.S. trying to deny that there was UFOs? Why bother? I don't know. Why not just be transparent like Belgium? Their society didn't collapse into chaos. No. They were just like, you're right. That's really fucking weird. Let's see what we got on radar. Cool. Let's chase it down with a fighter plane. Yeah, let's help. Let's help. Let's investigate this. Let's call Robert Stack. Let's call Robert Stack. Why didn't the government ever say that here? I I don't know. Okay. I don't know if there's a name for this type of UFO, but it's triangular shaped. It has a, it's an equilateral triangle, as one of the witnesses will tell you. They're, they're all so charming. They, they, love they are. I loved all of them. So and I, it all, honestly, it seemed like they were just walking around the streets of Belgium, Belgium, pulling random people aside and asking them if they yeah, saw this UFO, and almost everyone did. Because they're in, they're in front of some, I don't know, the historical looking building. 
Yeah. Like something you might go see as a tourist to sightsee, right? They're, that's like in the background. I don't know what building it is. I don't know. But they're just standing there and then like peop- they're talking to people and they're like, oh yeah, I've seen UFOs. Seems like everyone in Belgium saw this thing. So it's it's kind of a triangle, but without points. They mm-hmm. don't come to full points. And then it, in each corner, or whatever you call that on a triangle, is a light. Yep. So there's three of those lights and then there's a smaller light in the middle. And sometimes that's red. Mm-hmm. And it has some, you know, depth to it. Some people claim there's a dome on top and they saw lights inside. Yeah. it's Maybe that's like the angle that you see. Like if you see it from below, yep. maybe you just know that it's not completely flat. But if you see it from the side, maybe you can see the dome. Yeah, I think so. That was the impression I got. In one case, there was four sightings of this UFO in an hour. And they wanted to point out that even though it's going faster than sound, there was no sonic boom. Yep. That's literally all my notes because I was like, oh, this is just real. I believed it. But let's see what the Unsolved Mysteries wiki has to say. Since the fall of 1989, several ordinary people, oh, they're not ordinary, they're European. They're better. They're extraordinary. They're extraordinary. Have reported that Belgium is being invaded from the skies by UFOs. Surprisingly, on July 11th, 1991, high-ranking members of the Belgian military briefed the media on a UFO that fighters had tried to chase down and were tracked on their radar screens. Despite the fact that most UFO stories seem to be denied or covered up by the government, many military officials and police officers claimed to have seen the strange objects in the sky and cooperated in making the Unsolved Mysteries episode. The mystery of the Belgian UFOs began on November 29, 1989, in the small town of Eupen, near the German border. Federal police officers Henrik Nickel and Uber von Montig were on routine patrol when they saw a field when they saw a field near the road that was lit up like a football field. So just like intensely bright lights. Yep. And when they pulled over to the side of the road, they saw a huge triangular platform and large headlights with an orange pulsating light. I think maybe the orange pulsating light is in the center, like maybe where you would think a beam is coming out of a UFO. Interesting. So they called their dispatcher, Albert, and he did not believe them at first. He made, also made some joke about, like, oh, it's probably Santa Claus. Santa Claus trying to land. Yeah, he was like, ho, ho, hum. Which, try and be serious. Yeah, you're, Dude, come on. you're, on, you're on the clock. Could you take your job seriously, please? Um, so he noticed this. He wrote down this in the log book, but he was personally skeptical. So they are following the object. The, the two witnesses are following the object down the road towards Yupin. Um... They could see clearly, even though it was nighttime, because the lights were very strong. They drove slowly because it appeared that someone in the object was watching them. Creepy. Creepy. Moments later, a strange light flashed across Albert's office in Yupin, and he saw the object, despite initially being skeptical, and didn't know what it was. It was also shooting a laser beam? Yeah, that seems to, like, to go out and then go back in. Scary. Was someone I'm abducted? Wonder what those aliens were doing. Maybe. Okay. So the two officers continued to follow the object, which then stopped and began to measure something on the ground. The two men watched the object for over 30 minutes. 30 minutes. So this isn't just like, oh, I saw a flash in the sky. I don't I don't know what it was. And then you're like, eh, it's some sort of plane. Who cares? Right? Oh, it's a satellite. They sat and watched this thing for half an hour. They followed it around town. Yeah. Yeah. Then out of nowhere, another spacecraft appeared and began rising into the sky. The other object was say, shaped the same as the other one, and it soon flew away. A few moments later, Albert saw the object again, this time much closer. At this point, he believed the two men. 
well, that guy's a skeptic. That took a lot. He had to see the UFO himself twice. <laughs> and then he went, oh, uh, maybe, maybe they're guess. not pulling my leg. Okay, six minutes later, two other officers encountered a similar object in the city a few miles north of Yupin. When the men saw the object, they were frightened. They thought it was an American aircraft. Which, yes, that would frighten me too. Absolutely. Or they hear it to bomb us for no reason, they wondered. But a few minutes later, <laughs> they watched the craft transform into a single beam of light and disappear. Spooky. All four sightings occurred within less than 20 miles and one hour of each other. 11 other officers and over 100 private citizens came forward that same day describing the object. I'm just, I'm not willing to say that many people are lying. I'm just not. No, and these guys seemed very serious. Very not, on the level. This is not a hoax, right? These officers aren't coming up with this wild tale to prank people. I mean, if it's not an alien craft, it's some sort of military something. But they definitely saw an an, an object that was flying that they couldn't identify. So it counts as a UFO. Over the next few months, hundreds more witnesses came forward describing a similar triangular object. In April of 1990, a man came forward with a photograph that he claimed was the object that many had seen in Belgium in the past few months. The photograph showed an object with a triangular shape and three lights. The remarkable image is currently being analyzed by scientists in Belgium. Yeah, I'm sure it's still being analyzed to this day. In March 1990, one month before the picture was taken, a new, another wave of UFO sightings began. Dinner guests reported seeing strange lights in the sky near Brussels. 30 miles away, a NATO tracking station found an unknown object at the same place where the dinner guests saw it. They were unable to identify what kind of aircraft it was in the skies over Belgium. Two Belgium Air Force F-16s immediately were sent out to locate the object. They soon located it, but the object quickly darted out of range at high speeds. To the pilot, it appeared to be a cat and mouse game. The object went from 7,000 feet to 10,000 feet to just 500 feet. It also accelerated to 990 knots. Sure, that means so much to me, but that's more than the speed of sound. This accelerated speed and descent would have killed a human pilot. That is what I found the most compelling. And then, as I mentioned before, even though the aircraft broke the sound barrier, nobody on the ground heard a sonic boom, which is very interesting. Yep. Despite the fact that the UFO has been seen by thousands of eyewitnesses and been recorded on military radar and has easily outrun military fighter jets, there are still skeptics. The, one of the points is like, well, they didn't see them in other countries. And I was like, they what? were in Belgium. Yeah. Why does that prove anything? No one saw them in Germany. It's like, okay, well, they weren't there. Yeah. So it was interesting that they think that one of the theories is that the UFOs might be attracted to Belgium's bright highways. For some reason, they have like well lit roads that you can even see from space. Sounds very safe. Yeah, it does. Good job, Belgium. Um, so the little extra note in this, which Unsolved Mysteries Wiki considers unsolved, is that in 2001, a, name, a man named Patrick Marchell came forward claiming he had hoaxed one of the photographs. Skeptics claimed the sightings were due to mass delusion. I don't know. Mm, I'm not buying that. I'm not either. UFOs are real. These guys saw aliens. The it end. seems very credible. I asked Rob from Our Strange Skies. Oh, smart. Yes. Rob knows everything about aliens and UFOs. Highly recommend his podcast. We're actually going to be on his podcast next month. Oh, yeah. Uh, So tune in for that. But I asked because I was so compelled by this. this I really just my notes are just like, oh, this is real. That's like all my I'm complete conviction. Like, oh, true story. I'm very convinced it's real. I wanted to know his thoughts. So he gave me some 
facts that aren't in the episode that I wanted to to let you know. Uh, apparently, the sightings became so prevalent that the government had to hand over a portion of the investigation to civilian UFO groups because they were receiving so many calls. Interesting. Uh, the Hudson Valley UFO sightings, which was also featured on Unsolved Mysteries, is very similar to this one, and it happened a few years earlier, between uh, uh, 82 and 86. Hmm. I believe these sightings started in 89. Yeah. So maybe they just moved from the United States to Belgium. Well, they looked at the United States. They were like, oh, this country is not so great. They went back to the home planet. They reported. And then they said, you know what? Maybe this time let's try Europe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Who knows? Some officials in Belgium believe that the U.S. government was testing secret aircraft in their airspace. That doesn't hold up to me because why? Why would you test why Belgium? your secret aircraft over Belgium? Why wouldn't you do it over your own base or over the ocean where Somewhere there's fewer I witnesses. study it better. Yeah, I don't understand. Um, also, I'm skeptical about. Supposedly, a human pilot couldn't have survived the way it was flying, so yeah. that so might discredit. Was it, a, was it a drone? I don't know. Uh, then, apparently, people had a hard time photographing the UFOs because there was a distortion that would happen on the film when they took a picture of it. Hmm. And this was, he sent he sent a picture, I think this was on the on the episode. Oh, yeah. That was the most clear photo they, they got. And they had to lighten it quite a bit. They had this photo. They did a little editing of the contrast so you can see. Because originally you just see the lights. Right. But when you tweak the contrast, you can actually see the triangle part. And it looks exactly like how the witnesses described. Exactly. exactly. And not, it looks nothing like any aircraft I've ever seen. So I think this is legitimate. It's one of the most legitimate UFO stories I think I've ever heard. When people are saying something in French and it's being translated by someone else in a fake French accent over top, you just believe it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I was like, obviously these people are smart. They're well-educated. These are no-nonsense. They did not seem hysterical. Yeah, particularly the law enforcement guys who seemed, you know, friendly, but not kooky. The Belgian military held a press conference to talk about how they chased a UFO around the sky in fighter planes. That is credible to me. I've never wanted to go to Belgium more. Yeah. Should we go? I think we should. I mean, I love a waffle. Yeah. Love a waffle. (laughs) Absolutely. I don't know that much about Belgium. Can you tell? If you live in Belgium and you're listening, oh my God, please write in. Give us some info on the UFO situation today. Perhaps as you podcast at gmail.com. We want to know What kind of snacks do you have? Yeah, snack related. What kind of water? Did you watch Unsolved Mysteries? What's your sparkling water situation? Did maybe your like aunt or grandma or someone you know see a UFO? Do you think this was mass hysteria i would like to hear about it are you endeared to your government that they held a press conference about this because i kind of find that adorable i do i do as well yeah i thought this was great this is a great mystery because it's something a little different than we've had and i don't know it was just a little spice right it was yeah an international mystery the belgian government was cooperating with unsolved mysteries it's charming no one gets hurt everything about this is great no one is traumatized by their Mm. ufo experience it's entirely positive as far as i can tell yeah this was the aliens should visit again aliens if you're listening to this podcast (laughs) aliens hi welcome (laughs) please visit and be friendly yeah i'd love to see a, a ufo yeah that would be a cool story. All right, should we talk about this next one? Okay, I was admitting to Samantha before we started recording. I fucking barely remember this. I was <sighs> clearly too tired while I was watching this. This is okay. This is an unexplained death, but it's kind of super explained. Uh, I literally all I wrote down was 
Mystery number two, excellent biker outfits. And then we excellent go, biker outfits. Then we go to mystery number three. That's my only note. What? Wiz? You're not good at your job. This is a, the story of, as Robert Sack tells us, violent street toughs overrunning an Ohio town. You know that movie with Marlon Brando where they go and take over the town? It's like that, this is but in the 80s. Pretty much that. So, and actually it's during the late 60s. Oh, right. But <laughs> this aired on Unsolved Mysteries in the late 80s. It, they gave it a sort of uh, 80s veneer. Yeah, it's actually, hard it aired in, actually, this episode aired in November two thousand, November twentieth, nineteen ninety one. But whatever, Look, uh, they're I don't still know trying to find about. this guy's killers. I'm okay. gonna enjoy some Romanian water while you, you do that. Okay, talk. so this is the death of Robert Hamrick. So during the late sixties, the village of Rock Creek, Ohio, was being terrorized by a gang of quote thugs. Yep. Uh, they the worst were, kind of terror. They were involved in fights and threats against the town's citizens. They even threatened the town's police chiefs to quit as a result. So Rock Creek did not have its own police force before this town was overrun by street toughs. Uh, so they, in response to this, put together a police force. And their first two volunteer police chiefs quit because they were receiving so many threats. Uh, and then in July 1969, Robert Hamrick was hired as a new chief of police, police, and he was determined to put an end to the gang's activities. He thought that he was the one who was going to run these these uh-huh, hooligans sure. out of town. So Robert was soon the target of harassment directed at him and his family. Five months later, he investigated an abandoned building which held a Corvette that had been stolen from Cleveland. During the raid, several gang members were arrested and then released on bail. His family continued to receive threats from gang members. They would call his house and his wife would answer and they would say they were going to kill her husband. Apparently not. Like, just hang out in your cool jackets and shit. Why do you need to be doing this? I don't know why you need to be threatening families, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, Just, like, come up with weird, bizarre contests to make to initiate people into your gang. That's what I would be focused on. Jackets. Okay, jackets priority number one. Priority number one. You gotta pick the, like, coolest logo. Um, you, you know, I mean, I'm assuming you already have your name. Yeah, but you it's, it takes a while to sew the patches on. Yeah, so get started patch, on that right patch away. Patch artwork. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Initiation rituals. Does someone have to like put their hand in the mouth of a snake or something? You know. Like- okay. Okay. That is scary. <laughs> uh, I think your initiate. So your initiation ritual should be go to the local ice cream store and do their ice cream eating challenge. Yeah. And if yeah. you if you beat the challenge, if you eat the gallon of ice cream, you can throw up afterwards after you eat it all. That's fine. But you have to get through eating it, and okay. then you're in the gang. I think you have to do a dance in the bar like Pee Wee. And uh, <laughs> Phoebe's big adventure when he does that in front of all the bikers. You have to do that. Okay. And um, some sort of karaoke contest. Okay. Okay. How I, do you win a karaoke contest, though? Uh, most applause? I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Apl- an applause meter? Sure. Sure. What would our game be called? I don't know. Perhaps it's us. <laughs> the cool mystery ants. <laughs> Cool mystery. <laughs> it's a really tough gang. We're doing seed art and drinking <laughs> sparkling water. We're drinking sparkling water mixed with cranberry juice. It's like a vodka tonic, but it's non alcoholic. It's, it's just a summertime mocktail. Uh, yeah. Can the you join our gang in town? Can you join our biker gang if you don't make seed art and you mm. and you don't ride bikes? 
Oh, yeah. I don't know how to ride a motorcycle. But I can ride a, a bicycle. I have an adult tricycle. Does that count? Sure. For our gang, I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> the coolest. <laughs> so. We hold like an annual yard sale to raise funds for our biker gang. And then we get fucking murdered by an actual biker gang. <laughs> <laughs> they just slit our throats and leave us by the side of the road. <sighs> Good times. All right. Uh, yeah. So his family are receiving death threats on March 10th, 1970. I'm just picturing now the men from the special and they're like very hilariously over the top biker outfits that they probably didn't have. They're cut off jean jackets. Yeah. The they're, they're all like low rent Billy Idols. Uh-huh. And they're just like, OK, you have to eat this really spicy pepper. <laughs> a kid would think about your name. <laughs> Can you eat this ghost pepper? We're all here to watch as witnesses. They're there making sure that you don't touch your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Someone you've got goggles and they've got like a little spritzer. <laughs> it's like state fair biker gang comes together in the perfect match. The two converge. I would love matching jackets though. We need to get matching jackets. I know. We were once on a, girl, a ghost tour, and there was a group of women that all had matching uh-huh. jackets, and I was like... I think it was a roller derby team. I was like, We guys, complimented their, jacket, their jackets. What's, what's, how, do, how do we get these jackets? They're so stylish. I know. So stylish. That's going to be us someday. <sighs> all right, so Ra- this is March 1970. Robert is in pursuit of a speeding car when radio contact was suddenly lost. An hour later... A search began for him. Four hours after that, he was found mortally wounded in his car, which had collided with a tree. At first, it appeared that he had accidentally gone off the road while in pursuit of the vehicle. However, the investigating deputies soon found evidence of foul play. Blood was found covering the back seat. His service revolver and nightstick were missing. The car's ignition and lights were in the off position. It seemed unlikely that he would turn these things off but not call for help. <laughs> that does seem pretty damn unlikely. Yeah. And plus, but where did his gun go? Safety first. Well... <laughs> On March 20th, 10 days after the accident, accident is in quotes here, Robert died from his injuries without ever regaining consciousness. Despite the evidence, his death was ruled as accidental and his injuries were attributed to the crash. I think the lesson here is to just let a biker gang take over your town. I think, yeah, just let them. Just let them. I guess. So, what are they going to do? I don't know. This is morbid, but his death was ruled an accident, even though the entire left half of his skull was crushed from front to back. Ugh. Yet there was no glass broken in the car, so it's not like he hit the windshield. So his family, friends, and fellow officers believe that he was murdered. Uh, his wife specifically says that she thinks he was beaten to death and that the death was covered up. Some suspects, some suspected that he had been uh, beaten with his own baton. Uh. Although the evidence is inconclusive. Six hours after the crash, the car that Robert had been chasing was found at a local gas station. It was splattered in mud and had a damaged tire. The owner stated that she had taken the car in for repairs the previous day. She also stated that the car was clean when she dropped it off. One of the station employees was known to be a member of the Rock Creek Gang. One woman claimed that she had overheard several... Is that several... a good name? The Rock Creek Gang? I, I mean, this was Rock Creek, Ohio. You think they could come up with a better name? Yeah, it's not very creative. It's not creative at all. 
Uh, so, bad gang, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you gotta let in one graphic designer. Yeah. Come up with your... <laughs> your logo. Your logo. <laughs> You're putting ads in the newspaper for... Biker gang seeks graphic designer. <laughs> we need a better logo. Also, some a marketing team to come up with a better name. Yeah. One woman claimed that she had overheard several gang members bragging about killing Robert. No one has ever been arrested in connection with Robert's death. Though the names and locations of the suspects are available, the suspects admit being chased by Hamrick, but claim that they eluded him and knew nothing of the accident. <laughs> sure, they did. Mm-hmm. Very likely. Yep. Uh, that's pretty much it. This remains unsolved. On the Ohio Attorney General's website, Robert's death is listed as an unsolved homicide instead of accident. However, the case has been closed for a long time, and it's probably not being actively investigated. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty obvious that members of the gang are responsible for his death. Uh, I wonder what happened to the gang. Like, where are they now? I don't know. That's a good question. Are they still causing havoc about his, like, old men? Let me... Just old men? It's like those old man bank robbers. Yeah. I'm gonna Google it real quick. They're just going around, like, hustling people at pool, and... My boss, his son, who's a kid, has a pool... His own pool cue. Oh. And I was like, you can't trust someone who owns his own pool cue. And he was like, why not? I was like, obviously you're gonna hustle me. Obviously you're better (laughs) at pool than me. Obviously. Kid. So, I'm not really seeing anything... It's Googling interesting that they murdered not... this man and then, like, did nothing else. Yeah. Was that the cause the downfall of their gang? When you Google, yeah, the gang, all you really see is... That's all they had oh, in wait, them. Maybe, the, maybe it split them apart, the murder. Yeah, maybe. They couldn't live with the guilt or they blamed, you know, that was, it just, it fractured. The camaraderie that had brought them together was over. I really only see things on... When I Google Rock Creek Gang, I really only see things about Robert Hamrick's death, and most of it is from Unsolved Mysteries. So I'm not really sure what else th- they did. Maybe they decided to tone it down and start crocheting. No, they crocheting. killed nothing. Yeah, no. They just didn't Boo. want a police... Yeah, they just didn't want the police telling them not to, like, steal cars and shit. But then they didn't do it. It seems like... And then they stopped. I don't see anything else. They could have just stopped first. They could have. They could have not killed a police officer. They could have not killed that guy. And then just done nothing, which is apparently what they went on to do. Just, yeah, eat ice cream sandwiches and chill out. Yeah. Come up with better activities. Yeah. Come up with better activities. (laughs) Do some seed art. Yeah. It obviously takes a lot of time and practice. Spend your time... Making, There's got to be more productive things for you to There's do. There's got to be. And murder this dude. Yes. That's very unproductive. Murder is very unproductive. Un- I, it's just, I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. To, I don't approve. No. That's my bold stance. All right. We have a fraud next. This We're going to is- talk about the case of Philip Breen. Philip was married to Kathleen in Detroit. Kathleen loved a pink turtleneck. Kathleen never met a pink turtleneck she didn't like. <laughs> She was like, there's a pink turtleneck sale. I'm there. Give me 500. That <laughs> was her thing. Give me 500. <laughs> Wait, she was very wealthy. They were both successful business people. This was like a power couple, they right? They could buy all the pink turtlenecks they wanted. Yeah, they had like boats and a condo in Florida, even though they lived in Detroit. And I feel like... Robert Stack just had to step off his yacht for this one, too. Yeah. I feel like her life was just one shoulder pad to the next. <laughs> you know? 
one shoulder pad to the next. Just, That's how I want to live my life just, as well. One shoulder pad to the next. Just eyeshadow to the brow. and Oh, yeah. she's She was living large. Philip was supposedly the president of a successful mortgage company. Supposedly. He was known to be... For some reason, we find out he was known to be generous. And we hear from a friend of his who he fell on hard times and, and was loaned 100 grand. Which, like, that's a good friend, I guess. Someone loaned me a hundred grand. Yes, Samantha, can I have a hundred grand? No, I don't. <laughs> Mainly because I don't have a hundred grand. But also, no. Uh, he went, went on to purchase the Orlando Juice baseball team, which was, like, retired ball. This is a league that did not work out, folks. It was, like, retired baseball players. Still- Why would you want to purchase this? Of all the things to purchase. I know. He paid $700,000 Seems like too much. And he started to focus more and more of his time. He was spending less of his energy on the mortgage company and more on the Orlando juice, (laughs) which if someone can get me like a t-shirt or a baseball cap for the Orlando juice, please. Please send two if you find them, please. Please. I would, that's the ones, I want to wear a Just Sweat sweatshirt and my (laughs) Orlando Orlando juice juice dad hat. Yeah. So by the end of the year, it seems that his investment in this baseball team was doomed to failure. <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? Shocking. Also, did anyone out there invest in the XFL? Remember that? <laughs> seems like a similar venture. Yeah. So at some point, he his investment in it had ballooned to more than $2 million. Wow. He was throwing good money after bad, as they say. And it had also begun to drink heavenly. It was not the charming... Man, the Kathleen had married, who apparently had a great sense of humor. Surprising. Yeah. So they go on a two-week vacation to their Florida condo. Uh, Kathleen is becoming concerned about her husband's mental state. He's on the phone all the time, yelling. He's drinking too much. He's, like, not spending any time with her while they're supposed to be on vacation. So they go back to Detroit. I think while they're away, the employees at the mortgage company are, are realizing, like, Hey, uh, we're servicing loans that have been purchased from companies that, um, yeah, they don't exist. That's a problem? So we see this reenactment of a woman being like, but do you own the the lien on blah, blah, oh, oh, that address isn't real? Like, oh, um, what about that? Oh, that doesn't exist either. So the company is beginning to suspect him of embezzlement. Hmm. On January 5th, 1990... Uh, they, they get back from their vacation, and he receives an emergency call from the mortgage company. He's, like, in his office, on the phone, and Kathleen, trying to be a good wife, or probably just nosy, is brings him his briefcase. But when she opens the office door, there's, like, papers everywhere. He's frantic. He's on the phone, like, no, 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 we're going to get this all worked out. Everything's fine. And there's just this, like, sea of, I don't know, his embezzlement everywhere. <laughs> just, just papers all that say over. embezzlement all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, this ain't, this is not circled something and then wrote, this is not above board. <laughs> And she was like, oh, I see. Hmm. So later that night, he told her that he had somehow been the victim of selling, that people had sold him phone right, mortgages. Right, But Kathleen's not a dummy. She's like, okay, let's contact a lawyer. Exactly. Yeah, let's, let's get to work on this. Let's fix this problem. You need to talk to an attorney. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but somehow he like sweet talks her into thinking that he's going to get it all worked out. It's going to be fine. I 
think she knew. Don't worry about it, baby. I got this. I got this. I'm going to straighten it all out. I, I know the people. You, you know, whatever. So around 8 a.m. the next morning on January 8th, he leaves for work telling Kathleen, I'm going to I'm gonna straighten this all out. We're going to be back on our yacht wearing turtlenecks in no time. And she, you see her like contently in bed like, okay, honey. As he's like clearly sneaking out. <laughs> he's got his brief yeah. his suitcase. He's like walking out like, I got a meeting that requires all of my luggage. See you never. <laughs> so he never arrives at the office. She then goes to his closet and realizes that he's taken his clothes and some luggage. An FBI investigation revealed that in less than two years, Philip had created 99 fictitious loans, getting him more than $10 million dollars. Somehow, that I don't really understand how that works, but I guess it's because I'm not a brilliant fraudster. Sure, exactly. He had used the money to support his lavish lifestyle. Investigators also discovered that he had previously been convicted of fraud and embezzlement in Florida 12 years prior. Oh. Something that Kathleen did not know. On the advice of her attorney, Kathleen filed for divorce. Yeah. Good advice. Get it. Good advice. However, it was too late. The courts held her responsible for Philip's debts. Sadly... That's marriage. She was forced to sell nearly everything that they owned, including their cars, boats, Florida condo, and Detroit home. God, Philip's a dick. Here's the thing, though. He's never been found. Yeah. He very su- successfully skedaddled, which is a hard thing to say. <laughs> he, he, he was never been seen. At the time of his disappearance, he was 43 years old, 5'9", weighed 160 pounds, so Baby, okay. Uh, had dark brown hair. Today, he would be in his 70s. He was allegedly sighted in Florida and the Bahamas during the 1990s. But according to Unsolved Mysteries Wiki, Kathleen and his family now believe that he's deceased, either due to his alcoholism or association with dangerous criminals. Sure. Those will do it. In 1997, he was declared legally dead. Well. So do you know where Philip Breen is? Let us know. Have you been riding around on speedboats wearing turtlenecks with him? I think you should turn him in. <laughs> he's not the worst kind of criminal, but he's not the best either. That's true. He did leave his wife to Dude. fucking pay all his debts. Yeah. So yeah. what a dick. And it's not like he was stealing that stuff to give to the poor Robin Hood style. No, so. he was buying too many boats. We've been over this. Yeah. God, you do not need that many boats. Philip. Ugh. Okay. Weirdly, that's not an episode. I know it seems too short. There was a too long update in there, but yeah, the that, the Belgian UFO, UFO one was originally two part. Was a two parter. Yeah. We get an unnecessary update, and then the episode's just kind of over. I I mean, I like the UFO. Should we rate it? Yeah, I think that's our job. Mysteriousness. Uh, I in a way, I don't think it's mysterious because I think the UFO thing is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, that's not mysterious. That's just fact. But then I guess you have to go. Well, where did it come from? I, yeah. Who was in it? Why did they go to Belgium? What were they doing? What was the laser beam? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Some mysterious. And we never find Philip. And I don't Robert's really. Ham- Robert's death is never solved. But I mean, it's pretty obvious who did it. But why? What did they gain? Nothing. Well, it's pointless. Yeah. So it's pretty mysterious. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, reenactments. I actually, I thought the UFO reenactments were quality. They were solid. They I've were solid. seen worse CGI like now. The CGI actually was pretty good on it's, these. You can, UFOs. I mean, you, can you tell it's CGI? Yes, but is it the worst CGI you've ever seen? Hardly not. Nope. So I'm gonna say thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, fashion. There was some. Gr- okay, Kathleen had some great fashion. If you like a lavender windbreaker, man, oh man, she's got it. 
Uh, everybody in Belgium looked kind of timeless. Yeah, I agree. Some the, more less trendy uh, culture, clearly. The street toughs, hilarious. Their yeah, outfits. they're very funny. I actually only sketched one mustache from this whole thing, and it was just a guy in Belgium, and it just... Was he the one that had kind of a, a barely there mustache? Yeah, here, yeah. I, I drew it. Not a lot going on. See the scribble? Yep. It was on was a it. guy named Dieter. I called it the Euro. It fit his face very well, uh-huh. but it's unremarkable, really. There weren't a lot of mustaches in this one, actually. He probably would have been handsomer without it, but... Probably. Whatever. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I'm a thumbs up for fashion. Yeah. Robert Stack was, you know, on his yacht in his yacht jacket... Yeah, that's true. I'll give it a thumb. At some point, he's just in a dark field. <laughs> With a bunch of dead grass around him? Yeah, the ugliest field you ever saw. I think they just pulled over on the side of the road. We're like, this works. Yeah, this is, it's night. Get out. So, but thumbs up, regardless. Sure. He, he uh, managed to talk about the UFO thing without snickering too much. Sure, sure. Um, he gets a thumbs up. All right. Why not? Let's rate it. I like the UFO thing. The other two were sort of just I'm, okay. I'm though. glad the other two aren't like hella depressing, like some of them we've had lately. True. But they're also a little bit boring. Yeah. So, three? I think I'm landing on a three. Two and a half? I don't know that I'm a two and a half because I, it's not I did bad. really like the first one. Yeah, so, I think a, that pushes it to a three for a me. It's a three. Uh, but it can't quite get to the four it's because very, the other two were not it's great. It's very three. Yeah. It's very three. I felt like the somehow the biker one was like very forgettable. Yeah, it was. Because we've already kind of talked about that. It's the same with the fraud. It's like The Fraud was Guy Fraud stuff. There was okay. wasn't anything really interesting about the fraud. The so, fact that he got away with it, I guess. That was that was pretty wild. Because they just show this like glamour shot picture of him in a white suit and then the text comes up like he's never been located. And it's like despite taking that horrible photo, man, what a crime. <laughs> Lock that guy up. To hunt him down. Throw away the key. All right. Let's recommend some shit. What I really got? was lying in bed this morning, not getting up, going, oh, crap. I don't have a recommendation. How did another week go by? Where did it go? And what did I do? Can my recommendation be, you need to drink more water, bitch? I think so. You can, you're, This is our, your, our podcast. You can recommend whatever you want. <laughs> well, I did come up with something. Oh, okay. After thinking... To be like, just be a motherly, perhaps a grandmotherly, like, sure. are you drinking enough water? Are you eating the enough? The cool mystery aunt that you are. Are you sleeping enough? Are you getting your vitamin D? You might need some more. Particularly yeah. if you live in Minnesota. Oh, for sure. We're approaching that time of year. You're not getting enough. Take your vitamin D. Yep. But then I remembered I have a new favorite snack. Oh. Okay. I've been looking at these across the table. I don't know about this. These are the, the choco rooms. They are Japanese candy that's like a cookie biscuit that is dipped in milk chocolate and then dipped in dark chocolate to give it a little mushroom cap. So there's not, these aren't actual chocolate covered mushrooms. No. Okay, I was worried. I'm like, I'm not going to that. That's disgusting. <laughs> they are just mushroom shapes. Ah, I'm much more on board with this. Biscuits. Here, try one. See what you think. Okay. This is my. My new... I just want to eat a bag of them every single day. Sweet and crispy is what it says. Um, So I was looking online. The problem with ordering this online seems to be that by the time they get to you, they may be melted. Mmm. Oh, these are good. (laughs) I think the balance of the dark chocolate and the the milk chocolate is actually perfect. Based on the photo, I thought they were going to be a lot bigger. These are just the cutest things ever. 
I know, they're super cute. They would be really great if you're making some sort of, um, oh, I don't know, a hobbit cake and you oh, need some little mushrooms. A little fairy garden? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just delicious. I got these at Everett's Butcher Shop in Minneapolis, if that's of any help to you. You can't order them online, but they may be melted. So yeah. keep your eye out for Miji's Cocoa Rooms. So delicious. Those are so, so good. good. Mm. Pairs, pairs great with a, a Romanian bubble water. A Romanian water you also probably won't be able to find. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry. All the helpful tips here. Plus, get your vitamin D. The end. Okay, I'm recommending a book. Ooh. But this is a different kind of book than what I've recommended in the past. This is Which Cult Should I Join by mm. Joe Stewart. Mm-hmm. The tagline on this says, A Choose Your Own Guidebook for the Spiritually Bereft. So this is a choose-your-own-adventure style book to help you find what cult you might join if you were inclined to join a cult. Okay. It's really fun. I'm uh, a group of co-workers and former co-workers and I get together on a regular basis for brunch and stuff and we're all kind of weird, similarly weird. We all bought this book and are going to have like an informal book club That's over amazing. cocktails and to talk about what cults we're going to join. But I thought it might be fun because I, I enjoyed reading this book. It has really cute illustrations and it's really fast. Um, I thought it might be fun to see what cult you would join. I have a sneaking suspicion we might join the same cult. I put a little sticky note where mine is. Okay. Uh, but you should go through it. Okay. How do I read, do this? So just start on, you have to skip, there's a few like introductory pages, you'll see it. Okay. Where the first question is. Okay. And you I, just follow along. I have along. a suspicion. Okay, okay. Okay. So, great. What's the cult? Do you believe that Jesus Christ was once the son of God and once worked with... No. 24. So Liz is skipping to page 24. I found this book used on Amazon for like $4. Do you believe that alien life forms exist? You know what? It turns out I do. Well, we found that out today. So, so, so far you're jiving with what I've what I've chosen. So we might... 100. Okay, she's going to page 100. You're skipping a lot. There's a lot in this book. Do you feel that you could have been a great actor but were never given the right platform? Um, no. Here's an interesting factoid about me, by the way. Hmm. I was almost in the movie The Babysitter's Club. Wow. Do you think option three might be better for you then? As, as Marianne. I made it very far. There was wow. an open class call. Just wow. so you all know. I'll be bitter about it forever. <laughs> Did I really want to go into acting? No. Did I really not want to go to middle school? Yes. <laughs> that was my motivation. Okay. So, no. Okay. Turn to page 40. All right, you're skipping back. Do you believe that women should have the right to be topless in public? An interesting question. Sure. I really don't care. Um, okay, so hell yeah. I'm not a whole hell yeah, but all right. I just, that's just, who cares? None of my business, really. So we did oh. land on the same cult, so you should read what our cult. So we're in a cult together, which is nice. It's good to join a nice. cult with a friend. Aww. I'm a member of the, I don't know how to say this, Raelian I think movement? it's Raelian. Raelian movement? Maybe. You've just joined a cult created by a retired French race car driver and journalist, famous for its beliefs in everything from UFOs to the rights of women to walk around topless. You'll spend your time swanning around in white robes. Hmm, I prefer black robes, but okay. <laughs> Sometimes adored in an oversized medallion necklace. Ooh. If you're feeling in a ceremonial mood, your days will most likely be spent protesting for women's rights. Okay. Having lots of sex. Sounds great. Solid. And lobbying the government about the lack of cloning activity <laughs> happening in the country. 
Hmm. <laughs> that one's a little bit out of left field. And it says two out of three ain't bad. I thought before doing this, that I was going to end up in the Jonestown cult. Okay, that one is in there, and I'm not sure how you end up. Because I, think I know they to... did a bunch of um, anti-racism stuff, and I can see how people got sucked okay. into that cult. Okay, so this is a fun book. I've had a lot of fun just like forcing my loved ones to find sure, out what absolutely. cult they would join. But there's a ton of cults in here, so it's kind of fun to just follow the various paths. And see, you know, I loved a Truth of Your Own Adventure book back in the day. Oh yeah, those Quality. they're so fun. They really should be. They should be. They should make a comeback. But yeah, so this is my recommendation. You can get it. Quality. You can't seem to buy new copies of this book anymore. I'm not sure if it's like out of print, but I you can. So. They're abundant available and used and this one was a perfectly good quality so it was yeah it looked brand new yeah it was fun it was fun this author i think has done similar similar books like this but i haven't looked into it so yeah i like that and you know what you should eat as you read this book cocoa rooms cocoa rooms Mm -hmm. and some gummy snakes oh yeah cheesies we're out of cheesies anybody wants to send us cheesies we're out of, out of we're also out of gummy snakes it's true snack supplies are dangerously low they are do you want us to starve to death <laughs> also do we need more five-star reviews absolutely yes, this is a great time to pl- plug our shit we never will get enough we could we're use insatiable. some more five-star reviews on itunes apple podcasts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you can also follow us on facebook instagram and twitter perhaps it's you mm-hmm mm-hmm um, you can throw a few extra dollars our way. Maybe you want to join the Lenny Briscoe fan club for $2 a month. It's patreon.com slash perhaps it's you. Our latest coloring sheet went out. It is of hedgehogs learning how to make a crop circle. With a special guest. Don't you want to color that? And yes. if you're coloring our coloring sheets, I love to see them. Take yeah, us please in, do. Take People us do your such photo. a good job. They look so cute. So cute. And if you have a paranormal tale, perhaps you live in Belgium, you should send us an email. We want to hear about it. Perhaps it's you podcast at gmail.com. There's also a form on our website. Perhaps it's you.com. I think that's it. I think that's all the stuff. That's I'm just literally just sitting here staring at this mummy. I realize, I've mummy. Been, I realize I've been making eye contact this whole show with this. So we hosted a mummy baby shower the other week, and I bought this amazing light up mummy from Target. From Target. And it's so cute. And now it's just sitting here. And I just can't Staring stop at looking us. at it. I just I've been love it. seeing Robbie Stacky. We we wrapped <gasps> Robbie Stacky in white ribbons, <laughs> and he's still wrapped up. He's behind Liz's he's not, shoulder. He's been mummified. There were so many Robbie Stackies at the state fair. So many different Some colors. Huge ones. There was a gigantic Robbie Stacky that was like twice as big as I ours. I was really tempted to buy one that was like Milky Way, and then I was like, Liz, just go get that on eBay. Like you got Robbie Stacky. Yeah. Don't pay the fair price. Yeah, they're and a then little walk overpriced. around with a giant inflatable alien as you take the bus home (laughs) oh have i done weirder things with robbery stacky yes all right everyone i think that's the conclusion (laughs) of our show i hope you join our grandma gang our grandma gang yes please join our grandma gang yeah Mm -hmm. bye 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 and bye